0: Welcome to everything you need is inside. My guest today is Rachel Gibbler of the It's Fucking Spiritual brand podcast, All Things It's Fucking Spiritual, which to me is just makes me smile because isn't it all fucking spiritual? Like everything? Yes. Yeah. So, thank you so much for being here. Um I was so excited when you said yes to my request because uh in a very short amount of time, I've found such a deep like joy around what you share and just such deep respect for the glimmers of wisdom and the journey that you've gone on so that you can share those glimmers
1: yeah thank you so much for having me it's definitely felt in alignment and i'm super excited to dive in today
0: me too so let's dive in um how did you become fucking spiritual
1: oh i love this question so to answer this in the shortest way possible i think i always say it's To understand where I am now, it's really imperative to understand where I came from and where I was. Mm -hmm. So I'll share the Cliff Notes version of my story. And I grew up with a really beautiful family. I'm super fortunate, small family. I'm an only child to Mm -hmm. two amazing parents that were together from the age of 13. And on the outside, it looked like I had it all. And in many ways, I very much did Mm -hmm. until the age of 16 when my entire life came crashing down and my father was killed in a freak accident. And a lot of things transpired after that that eventually kind of left me on my own as a 17-year-old as a mm. and a senior in high school. And at this point, I wasn't raised religiously. I didn't have any sort of spiritual um, belief system, no belief outside of myself. So I really believe that that contributed to the kind of downfall, downward spiral that I had for the next eight years. Mm-hmm. And I found myself just really abusing drugs and alcohol, got into abusive relationships, was making really poor decisions, was just trying to numb myself from the trauma that had happened mm-hmm. in this really abrupt life circumstance that I found myself in. And by the time I was age 23, I was working a corporate job that I hated 80 hours a week for someone else Mm -hmm. making 30k right out of school. And my hair was falling out. I was blacking out on the weekends. I was a little bit overweight. Like I just didn't feel good in my body, in my life at all. And I had no self-esteem or self-worth because I had spent eight years just trashing myself mm. and speaking down to myself. But I also had this little voice inside of me that gave me a glimmer of hope in moments. Mm. And I'm sure people listening to this really resonate with that feeling of like, you might be beaten down by life and things are happening or you're not you know, making the best decisions for yourself, but you have this knowing inside like, this won't be all for nothing. Mm-hmm. And I'd had that glimmer of hope and moments. And when I was 23, in the middle of that job, I was crying on my lunch break one day in my car and I cried out, please, just like let time stop so I could mm-hmm. think, I wanna do something with my story, I wanna help people, I wanna heal myself, but what do I do? I have no time, mm-hmm. right? And your wish is my command, mm-hmm. the universe. <laughs> I imagine the universe was laughing at this point because a a week later I was in my own freak accident and I shattered my leg Mm. and I was forced to take three months medical leave. And at this time I was pissed. I was angry. I'm like, are you kidding? One more thing. All these bad things always happen. And two weeks into my recovery, cast from my hip to my ankle, laying in bed, moved back in with my mom, couldn't care for myself. And I had this knowing that voice, and it said, use this time wisely, and this won't be all for nothing. Mm-hmm. And I knew in that moment that one day I'd be sitting here telling this story from the other side, saying that was the moment and the first step in changing my life. Mm-hmm. And so I grabbed my computer I Googled how to be happy, and I found self-development. And I spent three months in bed studying all of that and now have dedicated my life to it for the past five years. I mean, that's
0: beautiful. Thank you. So that's the story. (laughs) And so sweet as a 23-year-old that you Googled how to be happy. Isn't it? Yeah. I know. I
1: I love that part of the story. And I think it's imperative for people to hear that Mm -hmm. because you can look at you or me or anyone that that you look up to, especially in the self-development space, and think that people have it all together. And it's like, well, how do I go from broken or in an abusive relationship, drug and alcohol, all of these things or whatever circumstance it is, How do I go from here to there? And it feels like there's this big gap. And I love telling that piece because I didn't know where to go. I didn't know what to do. That's what I started with. I started right where my feet were. And it built on itself from there into the brand and the business and the impact that that the brand has today. It's amazing. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I think that's like the whole point is like you can only be where you are. Yeah. So start where you are. Yeah. And so given that you started where you were as this 23-year-old and you Mm -hmm. talk about like potentially like abusive relationship. And I've heard you speak about, you know, your relationship with your father prior to Mm -hmm. his death and like this expectation of you to be like the good girl and to, you know, be zipped up and quiet and pretty and not make that much noise, Um, which, you know, I wonder, is that what potentially led you down this path beyond your father's passing, which is so traumatic and tragic, Mm -hmm. but like finding these ways to numb out, like what was the impetus first to numb out and then when you figured out how to be happy, what was like the next step to be happy?
1: Yeah. So I think mm-hmm. really, I, I, I was led by wanting to rebel against the good girl archetype, which is what actually caused me to make a lot of the decisions. Mm-hmm. And I think I wanted attention from my mom. I wanted people to know I wasn't okay. Like that's a lot of where the acting out had come from mm-hmm. and Think for so many of us that make decisions that maybe on the surface don't look good, right? Mm-hmm. Like they're, they're not decisions that are fruitful for our life, but they come from often a very, um, a, a place of trying to help us, yeah. Right? They, it, I was never bad intentioned, mm-hmm. I just didn't know what to do with my displaced emotion and it came out mm-hmm. sideways. And so, whether that was from my father's death, whether that was from Years even leading up before his death, I I always felt slightly stifled because I'm loud. I'm, I fuck in the name of my brand, you know? So it's like I always had this edginess to me that I never allowed to be fully expressed. Mm-hmm. So I think that it was a culmination of a lot of those things that ended me up a, a college student, 18, 19, 20 years old, in this really like acting out phase. Right. But... To answer your second question, as far as what was the next step of finding, after I googled how to be happy, Mm. I think it's really important to note, when I made the decision to change my life, it wasn't like I made this decision, I found this work, all of a sudden I'm in it, and it's great, and, you know, I've changed my life, it's been this, it's a constant becoming, still Mm -hmm. to this day and I don't know if that ever ends Mm -hmm. right because what I've learned on the journey now is that we can't heal our way out of our humanness we only learn how to transmute and transform it and and we still get to feel all of those emotions which that's something I've really learned on the journey as I have Mm -hmm. become more successful is that you can't do that right right? we we can't heal our way out of, of the human condition but the first step of what I did was I I really cultivated an awareness of what it was I wanted to change, which at that point laying in bed was pretty much everything. So it was, I decided to get sober and not take all of the painkillers that they gave me. Obviously it wasn't going out to bars and drinking. So Mm. that was a helpful piece of that. Um, I ripped the bandaid and um, decided to not hang out with the party friends that I had anymore and I made the decision and knew I'm going to be alone mm. and it's going to be okay and it's going to be uncomfortable. Yeah. I spent months and months alone by myself before I started joining groups and getting into involved in, um, in people that had, did, and thought in the ways that I wanted, right? Mm. So I started joining entrepreneur groups. I started getting out there. I started doing different things and ultimately, I think the path to change is simply just having the willingness to make a different decision, mm-hmm. and so I just started making different decisions. Yeah, and I mean, compounded,
0: right? And then committing to it. I think right. that's so bold as a twenty-three-year-old to to decide that you were no longer going to hang out with these people, do these things, because you know it's like that is always beck- going to beckon you, like come play, come play. And I find even like in my adulthood, right, mm-hmm. like through my own healing journey that as I've evolved and shifted, there's people in my life, you know, people start to drop off. But then when you show up because you're lonely or you want to, you know, have a social plan, it's like, there's this feeling I get of like, come to the dark side, like come and like that temptation. And I'll think about it like, and then I'm like, what am I doing? And, you know, not to be so polarizing, but at the same time, that's okay. Like really needing to cut out certain people from life who are no longer serving you, you know? And it comes with heartbreak short-term, but in the long-term there's massive healing and the, the healing isn't. I think, a, an evolution on yeah. and on.
1: Oh, absolutely. And I think, I love that you brought that up because I'm, I'm so honest. We were mm. talking about this before yeah. uh, we started filming. It's like, I feel like I'm almost too honest. I have a pull to the darkness. I mean, I wouldn't have gone through what I went through if I didn't Sam. have that <laughs> in me, that thread in me. And I think so many of us do. And it wasn't like I, I flipped the switch and all of a sudden I'm this different person. Sometimes it... For a couple years even before my life really took off in the past couple years, for the first like two, three years of the journey, it was I made the decision, the right decision. And then I'd be like two steps forward, one step back. Mm. And then it was two steps forward again and one step back. So I think it's also really important to hear that the journey is not linear. And just because... You don't make the perfect, most aligned decision every single time. Doesn't mean you're bad, wrong, broken, something's wrong with you. You're destined to not right. have the greatness that you feel within you. It's simply a, a journey and cultivating compassion for yourself. Right. You're not gonna suddenly change no. everything. And I and I moment.
0: so believe that that self-forgiveness yeah. of like, okay, so you slipped up or you decided something else that you didn't yeah. think you were gonna decide and you get back up and you find your feet again, mm-hmm. and you keep moving. Yeah. And I love that you said that you uh, are attracted to the darkness. I've made such close friends with the darkness because yeah. it's where I lived for so long. Mm-hmm. And now, as I've stepped into light, and you know, wear flowers. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've always worn flowers, but as a reminder. Um, but the darkness lures me. Like mm-hmm. the the type of man I'll like be attracted to, or like something I'll look twice at. Yeah. I find that I'm attracted to it because it's dark. Yeah. And then I have to check myself and be like, okay, Olivia, stand down. Like, we know why you like that. But that's not for you. Yeah, And just that constant reminder of at least being conscious enough of like why and what the pattern is. So you can sort of just like counter-correct yeah. for the moment.
1: 100%. It's, it's so interesting. I really find myself the same like either whether that's men or there's just certain things where I'm like oh I'm gonna play with fire a little bit and like go down Mm -hmm. that route and see you know how long it takes me to get burned and I used to do that a lot Mm -hmm. and as I've increased my own self-worth and my own awareness even if I have that pull I can know to pause not judge myself and make a different decision consciously than I maybe would have before and it's just that that constant path of coming back to awareness and then the truth of what's actually meant for you
0: completely. And I mean, that constant check in of like, yeah. you good. You here? you trigger mm-hmm. like is something triggering you or are you feeling lonely or needy? And so you're, you know, sort of attracting that energy that needs to be needed or that narcissistic sort of like I literally my body responds to different experiences differently like just from far away and I actually just have to come back home Mm -hmm. like we're good we're safe you're okay yeah
1: yeah absolutely and I think it's really important like to know that in this journey like I had a friend recently actually um who she has been in various like all of us right have been in certain patterns Mm -hmm. over and over again And she had been in this relationship for a couple of years. I've been really close with her through it, helped her get out of it. And recently she met another guy because often, and myself included, we meet um, the same people in a different package, right?
0: It's like you
1: are the the common denominator. You're the bottom line, right? And she got into a relationship with this guy in a very similar way. I had given her, you know, my feedback mm-hmm. of like, Hey, this is as a friend, like this is similar. And she ended it after a couple of months and she had actually come to me and, and been honest with me and said, I, I've been avoiding you for a couple months because I knew you were right. And I was like, girl, but the thing is, You went from two years to two months. The bounce back. This is a win. You know, like that's a win for all of us, myself included. It's like we have to look at not, oh, my God, I repeated the same pattern. And now we use that as an excuse to beat ourselves up and down the spiral we go, which creates more of the same issue. Instead, like pause and celebrate yourself like I only stayed in that pattern. Totally. For, I'm know, such a high five time. for that. Yeah. yeah.
0: And it's also interesting too, because I've experienced the same thing with friends because in a way you're providing light. Yeah. And if they're in the shadow yeah. and they know that there's a self-sabotage there, they don't, there's so much shame mm-hmm. that they don't want to present themselves to you. And it's yeah. sort of like, as you show up, I show up as like, exactly. I got you. Yeah. Like, I love you. Exactly. Whatever you do, like, I'm not here to judge Thank you. I'm you. here to potentially hold you accountable if you ask. Right. And, but not judge you because yeah. the judgment's already happening internally. You know? Yeah,
1: 100%. And, and I am certainly that friend that I show up in a mirror and I'm honest when asked. And at the same time, I'm surrounded by friends that would do that for me. And I think that it's really important. I've learned to surround yourself with people that will hold you in that light and yeah. be that mirror and be honest with you. Who I've surrounded myself has, has changed uh, drastically over the past years mm-hmm. and I'm so fortunate with what I've cultivated now, but it's, it's intentional.
0: Yeah. And I mean, I think that's such a, a valid point because I think when you're walking in light or you're carrying that sort of, um, emotional quotient of being really present and conscious of who you are and where you are, everything around you shifts. Yeah, And like the biggest thing I believe is relationships, friendships, uh, how you relate to your family in, in every, like which way to your body, to your environment. Mm-hmm. And, um, I think that can be very challenging because as you're shifting and growing and everything around you is shifting and growing and potentially falling off, mm-hmm. as you said, like there was a lot of isolation involved in the time that you really chose to commit to yourself. And and I experienced that um, wholly too. And I think again, it's this knowing of like, you got this, you got this being your biggest cheerleader in those yeah. times that you're not alone because you have you.
1: Yeah. It's,
0: so important so after you started you started going through this like transition you're 23 um like really devoting yourself to a higher purpose Mm -hmm. and then i know that you are also an entrepreneur through like a brick and mortar space lash lounges in houston how did we go from 23 injured, bed spiritual awakening sort of to that
1: yeah well i knew that i wanted to Work for myself. I knew I wanted to go on this path of self-development and all of these things, but at the time I didn't have the confidence to go off and start a business. I I wasn't, I didn't have the ability and the skill set and the language to have a coach or Mm -hmm. or to be a coach yet, right? I needed to have a coach first, I needed to be in this world. So I didn't originally get into um, doing what it is that I do now, which is coaching and facilitating and hosting retreats and Podcasting all the things. So, I actually had an opportunity to do this with a family. And so, I was like, okay, well, I have an opportunity to own and run these businesses Mm -hmm. and scale them out and and do all of that. So, that started a few months after um, I was back in action, right? So, I was Mm -hmm. in bed for three months, and then this opportunity presented itself a few months later. Mm -hmm. And so, I went back and quit my corporate job. And um, really started to like run these and scale them out. And I did that for four or five years. Mm-hmm. And it really, I, what I did during that time was I stayed really dedicated to like the self-development and all of that. And I started sharing it. So I started sharing my mindset shifts and what I was going through and I documented the entire journey. Mm-hmm. So now online, I have this beautiful community of so many human beings and um, some of them, many of them have been with me from the very beginning. And I just focused on giving and giving and sharing online with no agenda. I didn't sell anything to anybody. I just shared from the heart what I was going through mm-hmm. and what it looked like to you know, open these salons. And I had one and then that turned into two. And at one point, I think at the max, I had 20 employees. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it was a beautiful experience. But as I continued on the journey, I really gained confidence. I spent three years just honing my skills, getting certifications behind the scenes. I would work at my front desk at my salon Mm -hmm. and be in certification for um, what it is that I do now, not knowing how it would unfold. And nearly, about a year and a half, nearly two years ago now, is when I launched the It's Fucking Spiritual brand. Mm -hmm. And when that took off, I realized I had really found my purpose and I walked away from the salons. So that was kind of the... The journey with point. that. Yeah. So
0: what does it feel like, like to just find your purpose? Like, yeah. was it a moment? Was it, what was it?
1: It was a bunch of micro moments. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like one, one thing. And it was like, boom, this is it. It was following the path that lit me up over and over again, walking into the fire, doing the thing scared. And it was really like, putting myself in the room, mm-hmm. having different conversations, going to events, and then that would illuminate something, right? And I was like, oh, I, I really knew that I wanted to make people create a space where people could feel seen, heard, and not alone. Mm-hmm. And as I walked the path of being in so many of these spaces, it illuminated things that I loved and also ways that I felt I was different. Mm-hmm. And... I got to this point a couple years ago where I realized, you know, I've I've been deep in this work for about three years, and I've been in a lot of spaces. I've manifested a lot of things, and yet I don't feel like I found my place in the Mm. spiritual community. And at first, it was self development. I had gotten in from a very masculine mindset, like goals, set your goals, think positive, say affirmations, right? Like reverse engineer. I had gotten into that world first. Because mind you, I was atheist, or I considered myself atheist my okay. whole life, and then in 2020 was when I had my first like really big spiritual awakening, mm. and then I got really into more of the esoteric, the quantum physics, the explanation for why we're all here, like right. all of that very woo-woo kind of concept, and and I realized there was this gap where I wasn't like super buttoned-up mindset person Mm -hmm. I was like I'm still messy and human and like I curse and you know and then with the spiritual side I wasn't this like really airy very woo woo kind of person I I questioned the woo and I wanted a scientific explanation and I was constantly asking why and testing like oh should ask for a sign from the universe okay like you know I would almost do it from this rebellious place and That's how I ended up kind of almost creating my spirituality, was proving it and constantly proving myself wrong, that I created a natural wonder for the world. What I didn't see was these two spaces brought together, broken down in a way that is real, raw, and relatable, and Mm -hmm. honest like it's not all love and light like Mm -hmm. listen I haven't figured that out if someone else has great go be in their community (laughs) but what about the people that are really messy and yeah
0: I mean life in real time exactly yeah so
1: then one day I said I don't know sometimes it's just fucking spiritual I was like hey I like that and it stuck and then no it turned out I I followed my joy and I created the, the space online that I wanted to see and be a part of and Out other people wanted it
0: too. Amazing. Yeah. And if you've heard any of that, I think what you need to hear most is show up. Yeah. Like get yourself in the room. And even if you're not fully a believer, like, you know, I'm I'm a believer and a believer I've because I've been proven wrong so many times that like I am held, I am supported, I am seen, I am all of the things that like there's no way I can't believe. Exactly. So you know. When anyone comes to me and says, like, what do you mean magic? Like, what do you mean God? What do you and I look at them and I'm just like, I don't know anything but magic. Mm-hmm. Because I've just been proven wrong so many times yeah. that like to not believe is is I think to not even be alive at this point. Like yeah. I, I have such a deep knowing of that, yeah. that there is something so much greater than us that is that yeah. is guiding you even to like the trauma, to like mm-hmm. be able to rise from that, yeah. like and to grieve and feel that bottom so that you can find. The levity afterwards, mm-hmm. like that deep knowing that something else is out there and that's within you, right? Yeah. yeah. And you sort of pulled that out, and yeah. you're like, <gasps> you're, "It's fucking spiritual." Oh <laughs> <Like, yeah. laughs>
1: exactly. Yeah, exactly. And and I'm still going through a shift and and changing, and it's it's ever evolving and growing and becoming, and it's really taken on a life of, of its own. But I think to your point, like I was the same exact way. Mm-hmm. It, got to this point where like I can't not believe in this anymore I've been proven wrong so many times and then that opened up like the awe and the wonder and then I kind of just started to think the more I got into it I'm like how are we not all just walking around every day like where are we <laughs> that's what i do yeah
0: i think people are like what are you doing right. and i'm like what do you mean yeah like mother earth created these roses yeah. like how is that not the most yeah, beautiful it's okay.
1: so cool. <laughs> and when you find the magic and the mundane in the little moments it just makes everything so much more fun i mean
0: it's wild yeah i was in just before this I was listening to Trevor Hall because I love him and his song Obsidian and, you know, my obsidian crystals. And there was something about me that was like protection, protection. Obsidian is a black crystal and it signifies a production. Like AirPods in, in a rush to go to Whole Foods really quickly. And all of a sudden my ex-boyfriend grabs me and I haven't seen him since we broke up and moved out like four months ago. But it was like one of those things of like, something in me knew I need to listen to the song, run in really quick, AirPods on, like I knew I was gonna see him. Like I read a journal entry this morning, it was like, whatever it was. And again, in that moment, it was like, I had to have my feet on the ground and know that I had protection, like to just, cause life is is just so surprising like that. And I think it provides tests to us I would say like the bad guys, like the Bowser and Mario, mm-hmm. and like we have to slay the bad guy to get to the next level. Yeah. And that's like the up level in us so that the energy shifts and then we're brought to like another opportunity, yeah. right? Or into another room. But mm-hmm. like that magic that happened earlier, even though it was like a little bit of dark magic and a surprise, it was like I was protected. Like yeah. I was okay. Yeah. You know? So like small things like that, I think just remind you how alive you are. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, awesome. oh, that's a good example. I love that. It's like you knew. Yeah. And there's so many experiences where it's like you couldn't have known something and you were guided to do. So if we learn to cultivate a relationship with that inner voice mm. and that intuition, and I a big part of my journey has been learning not to question it mm. because I didn't trust myself for so long that I didn't trust my intuition. Right. And I've come to really learn that actually, like, I have one of the str- I have the strongest intuition. Mm. Nobody knows the answer better than you know the answer, mm. and I've learned that so much even being in these spaces and being in the spaces I'm in now, which I'm really fortunate to have the connections I do and the mentors and the friends and and so many of my friends now are people that I once followed and looked up right. to and it, and we tend to like pedestalize people, especially in this industry, mm. and think like this coach has the answer, this mentor has the answer, this room that I'm going to get in. While you can be given perspective shifts that is really powerful, you also always have the answers inside of you. And, and if you learn how to cultivate that and and trust it and act on it, you'll be surprised and the whole world will open up to you. Yeah,
0: totally. I think that yeah. is was the impetus or is the impetus for this podcast and everything I've sort of done and built thus far, this idea of like everything you need is inside. And I was Saying that phrase before I even knew what it meant, yeah. and then it was like all of a sudden, like tools, answers, like emotions, people, everything that everything we need is literally inside. And I think you can also like not dumb it down, but baseline like what to eat, mm-hmm. what to wear, yeah. you know, like where to go, who to surround yourself with. Like mm-hmm. your body is constantly giving you signals of like lean in or lean back. Yeah, like the eat it, eat the salad. Like that's from your head. Right. Like your body might just really need protein. Like mm-hmm. sounds so basic, but our bodies know how to feed ourselves. So like all the diet things that you follow, like Mm. be careful, like really be careful who you're seeking advice from because ultimately like you are, you are your own, you know, sovereign king, queen, human. Um, And I think that's something that sometimes gets bypassed in the spiritual world because we cling to the end all when like really Mm -hmm. we are the end all, like we have everything we need.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, 100%. to your point the like what to eat what to wear and bringing in the element of magic that we just talked mm. about it's like if people just slow down enough mm-hmm. to listen it gets fun not what should you wear check in what do you want to wear right. what would feel good Literally. what's fun what do you want to embody like <laughs> this is a video game pick your character yeah. baby i don't know <laughs> like it's just fun right and so if you slow down enough to, like, really begin to listen and see and follow it, it every decision can be magic. totally.
0: And with an element of love, like yeah. this self-trust, this self-love. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't trust another if you don't trust yourself. You can't love another, I believe, until you really, like, mm-hmm. start to really understand and love yourself. Like, this vessel that we live in like the meat suit is just the outer covering but like that soul that spirit it's constantly feeding us messages and so often the messages because we come from a place of pain or conditioning are like not good enough like not pretty enough not skinny enough not successful enough whatever it is and that reprogramming i think when you start to step into yourself is like this liberation this freedom and that's when the magic begins because that's when you start to hear the magic because you start hearing yourself from a clear lens yeah um, so with that clear lens, I want to go into the darkness for a second. Yeah. Um, this word trauma that I know you speak about and that your your trailer for your podcast is a whole trigger warning. Mm-hmm. Um, what did that look like in your life? How did it show up? Trauma? Um, Very broad question. But when yeah. you talk about like working through it, was it um, relationship or relationship with the masculine because of potentially a relationship with your dad? Was it uh, trauma through uh, relationships, romantic relationships?
1: Yeah, well, so trauma, I mean, showed up as a result of, right, there's big T trauma, which would look like the accident that my father is in and losing him suddenly. Big T trauma is uh, the abusive relationship. It's the drug and alcohol abuse, the way I abuse my body. Mm -hmm. All of those things are big T trauma, and and many people have them. And then there's also little T trauma that there's so many people that I hear – will say, like, well, I haven't had anything really big and bad happen in my life. Like, I've been really fortunate. So, like, I don't really need to do the inner child healing. Or mm-hmm. I don't really need to, um, you know, like, I, I don't need all the self-development stuff. It's like, it's actually for everyone. If you are alive, you have had some form of trauma yeah. that even can be the little kid in the third grade on the playground that made fun of your hair and you have no idea why you have to always dye your hair and Mm -hmm. right, you have no idea why these things come out sideways but they're stored inside of your subconscious and so it can come out sideways for for any and everyone Mm -hmm. it's the framework for why we do what we do and the way that we act in the world are programming so every single human being has a program has a Mm -hmm. software program and it's a result of big T and little T trauma or some type of combination of the two. And it can come out in many different ways. For me, it was drug and alcohol abuse. Mm-hmm. And then that addiction turned into a work addiction. And then it turned into a doing the work addiction. Mm-hmm. So there's all these things that it, it can come out sideways. Anything that you're doing to escape right. being still with yourself mm-hmm. If you aren't able to be still with yourself, you got to be scrolling. If you got to be on Netflix, if you got to, you know, be eating the bag of Cheetos and you can't seem to stop yourself. No judgment. Do not judge yourself for that. Yeah. But understand and have an awareness that that is trauma essentially right. in programming, playing itself out and running on a loop. And so, the healing of that has happened in layers. Mm-hmm. You know, it was first that healing was. Mindset and journaling and meditation and learning how to be on my own and then, in recent years, and I think I, I mes- mentioned this this to you before we started filming, I got a lot of the stuff on my vision board I wanted mm. I made the a lot of the money I wanted I had a lot of the success mm-hmm. I had the i got a lot of the things I got the house i got the and i didn't even realize that my previous addictions with the drug and alcohol and the way I was acting then were displaced into now I'm going to do the work and I'm going to change achieve change. and I'm going to help people and I gonna mean, it was a better outlet but I realized this actually a year ago I'm, mm-hmm. I'm still on the journey I document my life in the journey that's yeah. the point right it's not that I'm presenting as someone who's arrived right, right? it's more about sharing the story and a year ago I found myself swimming in the sea of success that I had created and actually felt very empty Mm. because I realized it wasn't the ticket Mm. wasn't the key to what I was really looking for and what I was truly looking for was a connection to myself and my body and just really me Mm. all along and so now my next layer of my healing journey has all been somatic so now it's been somatic work. It's been healing trauma in my nervous system and in my body. And yeah. that has transformed me Ooh. more than anything.
0: I mean, yeah, it is all in the body. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's everywhere. But, yeah. you know, the the way that it shows up can be very. But I, I so believe that. I mean, I know you're familiar with The Body Keeps the Score, I'm yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah. But really it's like the way that we lean in or pull back and, and everything, the way that we relate to everything, our body is constantly reminding us. And, um, I think that it's so powerful that you found somatic work because mm-hmm. similar to my experience, it's like the way that we carry ourselves or the pains that we feel on our shoulders or, you know, our inability to sleep at some points or, you know, our bodies just know like yeah. the way, the way we carry ourselves in every way. So, um, I think that's probably why my healing journey started with like yoga at 15 or Mm -hmm. boxing at 20. It was, I had to get this emotion out of my body. I had to put it somewhere, this anxiety, this fear, this anger, and um, I'm so glad that I did. And now, you know, years, years later, just like hearing other people's experience with coming back home is I believe, beyond finding the magic all around us, but like coming back home is the most impactful I think place, it's the only place we can be, you know, and it's not about what's around us. It's really about what's inside of us. And, um, so kudos to, to doing that work. Um, and when you say somatic, just so people understand more, is it like breath work? Is it body work? Is it,
1: all of the above. Okay. And I'm still on the journey too. I'm still discovering and yeah. finding different modalities and things like that. But the soma, for those that don't know, the soma is another word for the body. And mm-hmm. so when we go through traumatic experiences, we hold that trauma inside ourselves, inside yeah. the body, inside the nervous system. And so our nervous system can be stuck in a fight or flight or freeze response. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize that I was creating, I was. Yes, doing thought work, yes, working through limiting beliefs, yes, reprogramming my subconscious mind, but it a lot of it was still stored inside of my nervous system. Mm-hmm. So I originally got introduced through breath work, mm-hmm. and I'm a breath work facilitator now and mm-hmm. facilitate that at my retreats and all the things, and it's mm-hmm. very powerful. Yeah. And that in and of itself has had me remember repressed memories, it's had me dislodge emotion. And I've found a lot of times actually doing this work, my mind will be blanked, but my body will be sweating. Yeah. And like, I mean, it looks like you're in an ayahuasca like- ceremony. I've never done ayahuasca, but I would imagine it would Oof. be similar to, to that. She like is powerful. The yeah. yeah. The shaking, the releasing, the physical, um, you know, manifestation of, of letting go and, um and I'm always constantly looking for new things. My newest thing mm-hmm. that I'm doing is I'm going to a nervous system chiropractor. Okay. Four days a week. I was there this morning.
0: Is this the one that's short sessions and that like tables and you're yeah. next to people? It, I'm not next to anybody. Okay.
1: But it's, they're 15 minutes. Okay. i they, heard I went, they scanned my nervous system and found where my nervous system was holding onto tension. And Disclaimer: I'm not a doctor. I'm not a chiropractor. But from what I understand and yeah. what he's told me is that, like, when our bones get out of alignment, a lot of times we can they're cracking them back into place. But then you're constantly having to go right back to the doctor. This happens a lot with Western medicine. It's like mm-hmm. Having to go back to fix it again and again because we're not getting to the root cause. And we can mm-hmm. say that for anything, any ailment, any anything in the mind. If we're not getting to the root, it's gonna grow back, right? bigger bigger right until you're really able to to shift it and so yeah he basically turns back on with different pressure points my my nervous system Mm. because the muscles contracted because of something that's held inside the body through trauma and stress which is through your thoughts through toxins or through trauma so i'm on a whole other i mean i have people for
0: you yeah okay beautiful i mean my i recently had a bodywork session and the woman, she was caught, like, I call my right wing. And it's, like, mother, brother, uncle. And I have, like, a very, very intense trauma with, with an uncle that's deceased. And the energy was so heavy in my shoulder, she was, like, pushing it. And my body was contracting. Wow. And finally, she got it out. And, like, I started wailing for my six-year-old mm-hmm. self. Yeah. And it was so, the energy was so intense, yeah. she started screaming, get out of here. You're, like, because the whole room wow. fills up with oh this, God. like, this yeah. incredible, so, like, this idea of, like, and then... She turned me over and I couldn't swallow. Mm -hmm. Like it was this, the energy just like shifted to this stuck place. But like you said, if we don't release it, it stays there and it gets bigger. And like the voice and the back and the shoulder and like we can't expand. And it was... And another woman I work with who's incredible, she I mean uses, yes. Information, yes. I, so I've been training in Andean shamanism because yeah. it's where my healer is based. And in the Andes, they don't use plant medicine because it's all energy because there's okay. no plants in the mountains, right? Mm-hmm, okay. So it's all about uh, people and interaction and how we interact. So using our hands, energy, but not Reiki. Her background's in neurophysics and um, energy from like a shamanistic perspective she puts you in your subconscious with the breath and literally like I have complete memories as much as plant medicine set like ceremonies. So I think a testament to magic you got here and all these people sort of like either through referral, but like showed up. Right. It was the same. Like I called in people just like help me, hold me, heal me. And I think when you open up to that, if you're in a space where you're looking for some sort of help, when you open up to those experiences, they will fall into you yeah they will just show up for Mm -hmm. you and i think it's about that like deep knowing deep belief and asking for what you need like from the ether if you will or in your journal um so before we wrap up with that said um what would you tell your younger self
1: Mm, i love this question there's so many things i could say yeah but keep going It gets better. <laughs> like, follow uh, yeah. the blip. Follow it. Yeah. And don't be so hard on yourself. Mm. A lot of people need to hear that. Yeah. Myself included still. Constantly. Some yeah.
0: yeah. I, some days, constantly, you're yeah. just, like, <laughs> yeah. that ever reminder of, like, you're doing great, Bill. Like,
1: yeah. Think, yeah. yeah.
0: And so to the person 23, 43, 83, laying in bed, wanting to find their feet and feeling so stuck, what would you tell them?
1: You know what
0: to do. I love that. It's just like in this, in shamanism, your dharma, is called your Inca seed, and it's your soul's purpose, and you just spoke to yeah. my soul's purpose. You know that. what to do. Trust yourself. Yeah. Um, I usually end with, what does everything you need is inside mean to you?
1: It means exactly that. You already know what to do.
0: Yeah. That's why I wasn't really going to even ask it, but yeah. beautiful. Exactly. Um, Rachel Gibbler, thank you so much. It has been fucking spiritual. I am mm-hmm. so um, honored to have had this time with you and to learn and to share and to listen and, and to grow. Like, mm-hmm. thank you for all the reminders and the knowledge I didn't yet realize. Yeah, so um, yeah. is there, oh, well, how do people find
1: you? Yeah. You can find me, come hang out on Instagram mm-hmm. at Rachel Gibbler. I'm sure you are sure you will put it in the show notes. Um, also on Spotify, Apple, it's fucking spiritual. Search my podcast. We're about to relaunch season two, but we've got 111 episodes already for you to hang out and listen to. And um, yeah, come DM me and let me know that you came from this podcast and what your takeaway was. I'm super interactive and, and love to chat with everyone on there. So awesome. definitely
0: let me know. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you for having me Thank on. Thank you. Thanks for having me.